Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening. Welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq El Amin. We are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM and reaching the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. If you're new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. You can keep up with us by following and liking our social media pages on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Radio Islam. That is at Radio Islam. Uh, and that's also the same address that you will find us wherever you get your podcasts. So you can listen to this episode and all of our previous episodes. Uh, like I said, wherever you get your podcasts, you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. Uh, we're on every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Broadcasting from the wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois, in the historic Palmer House. Uh, if you'd like to tweet at us during the show, please uh, feel free. We will be monitoring our page. Or if you'd like to uh, to interject by making a, a phone call, you can do so at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. So we are going to uh, kick off tonight's show uh, with a service that I'm really uh, proud to be a part of um, as a member of uh, Radio Islam. Uh, we have partnered with the Chicago Urban League. And we have, I believe this will be our 11th report. Uh, we check in with them every week, and they, uh, they give us a report of what jobs, uh, what resources are available uh, in the Chicagoland area. And hopefully it is a benefit of those who hear it. Uh, you may not be looking for a job, but you probably know someone who is. So uh, be sure to, sh to share this with them. Uh, this also is a standalone, um, uh, standalone segment that you'll find uh, on our podcast. Uh, so if you go to Radio Islam USA under SoundCloud or Google Play, whatever it is, if you look for the jobs report, you'll find that. So we're going to go ahead and take a listen and see what jobs are available this week. What's going on this week? Oh, so I'll go ahead and get started. We've got some exciting events and opportunities uh, that I'd like to talk to you guys about. So first up, uh, tomorrow, April 11th, from 9 a.m. until 12 noon, for individuals that are interested in working in nonprofit um, or in social services, Metropolitan Family Services will be having a hiring event. Um, again, it's tomorrow morning from 9 until 12 noon, and the address will be 235 East 103rd Street. Some of the uh, positions they're seeking candidates for is social, our social worker, uh, counselor, office support, program supervisor, career coaches, resource coordinator, case managers, and there's a, quite a few others here, too many to name. Uh, that event again is tomorrow from 9 a.m. until 12 noon. You do not have to RSVP or register ahead of time, however, it is strongly suggested. If you want more information on the event or to apply ahead of time, you can visit metrofamily.org. Uh, one of our local community partners, uh, they're actually right around the corner from us, St. Paul Community Development Ministries, uh, they actually have a 12-week pre-apprenticeship training program. And this program will prepare individuals to enter U.S. Department of Labor registered apprenticeship uh, program. So this will definitely help individuals get into the union and get employment. This program does training and job placement at the end. If you're interested in getting more information or to schedule an appointment with the specialist, you can give them a call at 773-538-5120. If no one answers, you can leave a voicemail with your contact information and your email address. Next up, I have Urban Gateways. They're seeking a full-time executive assistant to play a vital role in their organization's success. This person reports directly to the executive director and will serve somewhat as a point person slash liaison between the executive director and the board of directors and other senior management. Individuals that's interested in applying should send their cover letter and resume to hr at urbangateways.org with executive assistant in the subject line. 
the Lyric Opera House of Chicago, or Lyric Opera of Chicago, uh, one of our actual uh, partners with our uh, education department, they are looking for call center reps to come in and do call center uh, customer service with their donors, subscribers, audience members. Uh, you will do outbound as well as take inbound calls. If you're interested in learning more about this position or actually just interested in applying, make sure to send your resume and cover letter to audienceservices.apply at lyricopera.org and make sure to incorporate uh, or indicate in the subject line that you are applying for the customer service call center agent position. American Red Cross, they're looking for a senior disaster program manager. And that job description is extensive, uh, but the link to apply is AmericanRedCross.wd1. Uh, dot myworkdayjobs.com. So that link is so long, I'm going to send it over to you, Tariq, at the end of the call, and then I'm also going to uh, have it available here if anyone wants to call the Urban League for more information. And then last but not least is we have a wonderful program here that we're currently recruiting for. I'll be talking about this for a while now. Um, and it's called the Urban Tech Jobs Training Program, or UJTP as we like to call it in the office. We are looking for individuals that are 18 years of old or older with at least a high school diploma and or GED and someone who's been unemployed for at least six months and interested in IT. We are offering assistance and obtaining quality IT certifications that will help you find a lasting career in that industry. And we know how um, how challenging it can seem to get into IT, but once you're in, it's a very lucrative uh, career to have. So for more information on how to become of our Urban Tech uh, Jobs Training Program and Certifications, Program, you can give us a call at 773-624-8800 and ask to speak with one of our IT career coaches. We've got two awesome ones here, and they're excited to talk to anyone that's interested in being a part of their program. And, uh, you know, you can call us if you have any questions about anything we discussed on the radio and how we can help you with your job uh, search and assistance all together. We're here to serve you. Okay. Uh, short and sweet and to the point. Thank you very much, Kim. Um, all right, look, Radio Sun family, you just got a lot of uh, a lot of nuggets there. Uh, if you are looking, definitely take advantage. But if you're not looking, you probably know someone who is. So please make sure that you're sharing this information. Uh, you may change somebody. All right, uh, job that is our jobs report for the week. As I said, you can go to uh, to SoundCloud wherever you get your podcast, and you can find that as a standalone uh, standalone segment. Uh, share it with anybody that you know who is looking for work and they're in the Chicagoland area. Um, we're hoping that this is going to help folks, uh, like I said, that are looking. So anyway, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back in just a minute. talk? Why do dogs have wet noses? Why is an 11 pronounced 21? Kids ask a lot of questions. Why do I have a belly button? But you don't have to know every answer. Why is the ocean salty? Because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Why are there 50 states? There are thousands of children in foster care who don't need every question answered. Why is pizza round? They just need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq el -Amin. We are on WCV 1450 AM. And remember, you can follow and like our 
uh, social media pages as well as keep up with us uh, on your podcast, whatever that favorite platform is. And that handle is going to be at Radio Slam USA. So at Radio Slam USA is going to take care of you for social media and podcast. So that being said, um, if you are keeping up with the news, uh, and it's kind of hard not to, not in a in a 24-hour news cycle uh, that we live in today. Um, we are we are stuck in a time where there's a lot of polarization. And to be quite honest, if you're if you're if you're a student, just not even a deep student, but just uh, just a student of history in general, you notice that this particular time that we're in right now is not unlike uh, eras uh, that have come before it. Uh, there's always been a effort. There's always been a, a push to stoke fear and hatred uh, and to put put one group or other groups uh, to put them as as the as the other, the one that is outside of the uh, outside the realm of uh, consideration. Uh, and this is essential. This is essential in giving people the will to violate other people's humanity. So I bring this up in the uh, context of remembering that tomorrow is the 10th anniversary or the, the 10th occurrence of IMAD, which is uh, Illinois Muslim Action Day. And this has been a day that the Muslim community um, gathering together under the umbrella of the uh, CIOGC, the Council of Islamic Organizations of Greater Chicago, um, that the Muslim community has been able to come together and to go to our state's capital to talk with the legislators, to bring up issues, uh, legislation that is pertinent, that has relevance to us as a community. And remember, we're a diverse community, right? So we have diverse concerns. You know, we are a community that is comprised up of, of just about every ethnicity that you can think of, right? We're a community comprised of African-Americans, you know, of South Asians, of Arabs, of Latinx, of, um, you know, of, of, of Asians, of, like I said, of any, of Ukrainians, uh, Bosnians. We have, we have a, a mixture that is not often seen in other religious demographics. So as we have a diverse, a diverse population, we also have a diverse platform, and that, that, becomes, that, that becomes quite a work to try to whittle down the different concerns that we have uh, to bring up uh, that we're going to take down with us to Springfield. But two of the issues that we've brought up that are going to be addressed tomorrow uh, under two different pieces of uh, legislation, uh, one of them is SB 1657. And to give you a brief synopsis of it, uh, what it does, it creates the Gun Dealer Licensing Act. Uh, which provides uh, that it is unlawful for a person to engage in the business of selling, leasing, or otherwise transferring firearms without a license issued by the Department of Financial and Professional Regulation. It provides that a dealership agent other than a dealer licensee in charge may act on behalf of the licensed dealership without being licensed as a dealer under the Act. It creates the Gun Dealer Licensing Board consisting of five members appointed by the Secretary of Financial and Professional Regulation to recommend policies, procedures, and rules relevant to the administration and enforcement of the Act. I'm not going to go on any further, but uh, as far as this particular uh, piece of uh, proposed legislation is concerned, but I will say this, for those who are, uh, anybody who, who's paying attention, we realize that gun violence, it is... Well, it's a symptom of a deeper problem, okay, but it would be irresponsible not to address that problem or that aspect of it uh, itself. It would, be, it would be irresponsible. It would be negligent. So even as we look to realize, uh, realize that we have to deal with this, uh, the, the symptoms or the root cause, I should say, we still want to look at what the symptoms are. And the symptoms are we have, we have gun violence taking place uh, at, at un unacceptable, unacceptable rates. Um, and some of these issues, some of these uh, instances, they, they are brought up, they gain attention because they happen on the national stage or they, they're placed on the national stage. Uh, what happened in, in Parkland in Florida, 
where 17 young people lost their lives and another 17 were wounded. That was something that it spoke to the, the conscience um, of America. And when you, when you speak to the, to, to the, to the thinking, rational uh, self, then we realize that we also have to have some action that comes behind it. So we have a number of illegal firearms that are, that have, that have flooded in particular um, poorer communities, communities of color most often. And, and the presence of these firearms and the access, it contributes to the violence that takes place uh, in these communities. So if we're going to, if we're going to have an impact on lowering those instances of violence, then a part of that, a part of that strategy of dealing with this has to be in reducing the number of illegal firearms that are on the street. Now, as I said, that's a symptom. So the other part of it is it's investing in restorative justice uh, hubs. It's, it's investing in employment opportunities. It's investing in uh, educational models that that engage these young people who often find themselves uh, pushed out of school. You know, it, it comes with disrupting the school to prison pipeline. So, uh, so, so that's that's that bill. Now, I opened up with the idea of the other, right? Being the other being created, right? Polarization, fear, uh, the outsider, being a perpetual outsider in a in a place in a land that that you love as much as anybody else that has offered you opportunity or not even, I, w I won't go down that train of thought, but I'll just simply say that to be a perpetual outsider, to be made to feel like that, uh, that's a process, right? And when that process uh, is enacted, it is followed up by some really horrible things. But before I get into a few of those examples, I want to tell you the second the second piece of legislation that, um, because I'm, I'm going to be one of the folks that are going down there, uh, but this is definitely under the uh, the leadership uh, and the support that the CIOGC has garnered, uh, and it, like I said, has done so for the past 10 years. So, but that, that second piece is going to be SB 3488, Senate Bill 3488, and it creates the Anti-Registry Program Act which provides that no agent or agency shall use any monies, facilities, property, equipment, or personnel of the agency to participate in or provide support in any manner for the creation, publication, or maintenance of a registry program. Provides that no agent or agency shall provide or disclose to any government authority personal demographic information regarding any individual that is requested for the purpose of, one, creating a registry pro program, or two, requiring registration of persons in a registry program. Provides no agent or agency shall make available personal demographic information from any agency database, including any database maintained by a private vendor under contract with the agency. Now there's more to it, that's just a brief synopsis of it. Why is this important? It's important for a number, a number of reasons. So there's an old saying, says that those who do not know their past are doomed to repeat it. And there are quite a few different iterations uh, of this. But a few instances of things that have taken place in our past that have, that have worked to push segments of its or our community, right, as a, as a nation, right, this diverse nation that we're in. But a few instances where folks have been pushed to the periphery, excuse me, uh, they are, I'll bring up first, the Chinese Exclusion Act. Now, if you're not familiar with the Chinese Exclusion, Exclusion Act, you, you should look it up. You, you should be, right? Uh, and this, being familiar with these things, they allow us to see our current, uh, our current political, uh, sociopolitical environment in a, in a context of if it not being isolated, there's nothing that's isolated that's going on right now that did not have a platform uh, to, to launch itself off of 50, 75, 100, 200 years ago. So this was the first time that the federal law prescribed entry, proscribed, right, which means it, it limited, right, it got rid of 
uh, entry of an ethnic group, ethnic working group on the premise that it endangered the good order of certain localities. It barred the immigration. When the act was extended in 1902, it required each Chinese resident to register and obtain a certificate of residence, and without their certificate, he or she faced deportation. Now, the, uh, the, uh, the good that was endangered that precipitated this particular uh, legislation was, it was unemployment. Uh, a lot of the Chinese at the time, not a lot, but a sizable amount, were, uh, were, were uh, working in the mines. Uh, and as, and not just particularly just with the mines, but in those areas where they were, they became the scapegoats for uh, uh, white men who were unemployed. If they saw them employed, or they saw, they saw them as threats to their employment. Uh, and they were also used, um, they, also, they were also used in, in terms of, uh, um, not strike breaking for them, they were used uh, as, a, as, a, as a wedge, in, in, as, as a wedge for, for labor, right? So when you get to labor uh, negotiations, well, and, and understand, this is well before our, our unions that we have today that we, we take, take for granted. And collective bargaining as a whole, uh, there's a quite bloody history uh, that, that led up to the formation uh, and the exercise of this collective bargaining uh, power that, that we see uh, being dismantled in front of us uh, from most notably from governors like uh, Scott Walker a few years back uh, in Wisconsin. But... I digress, uh, and I go back to giving you the next, uh, the next example of our nation's history of pushing people to the outside. And that's going to be the Japanese uh, internment. So the internment of Japanese Americans in the United States, this was during, the wor during World War II, uh, which was the forced relocation and incarceration in camps in the western interior of the country of between 100 10,000 and 120,000 people of Japanese ancestry. Now, what's really interesting about this, and not interesting, what's shameful about this, is that 62% of the in internees were United States citizens. And these actions were ordered by President Franklin D. Roosevelt. Uh, and this was shortly after the attacks on Pearl Harbor. Now, there's a connection between this and the, the anti-registry uh, language that I read just a minute ago. And here it is. Now, in order to facilitate this internment, this, this mass roundup of Japanese Americans, the United States Census Bureau, they assisted the internment efforts by providing confidential neighborhood information on Japanese Americans. The Bureau denied they denied this. They denied this role for decades, but this finally became public in 2007. So when you and I, when we think about what this anti-registry program means, what this anti-registry uh, program act means in light of today's sentiment um, of some against Muslims, uh, of against people who who appear to be Muslim, right? So anyone who looks like uh, any a, a Middle Eastern, so if, if you're, you're Arab or you're South Asian uh, and you are, and you have a beard or you are, you have your hair covered, then you are the picture of who they are fanning the flames of hate against. So anybody who is visibly, uh, demonstrably Muslim, whether you're Muslim or not, then you fall, you fall victim, you fall victim to, the, uh, to, the, to this hate, to this bias that is being uh, pushed. So the Census Bureau, as I said, the Census Bureau, they used their, the information that they had to, to, to assist in the roundup. So the census comes along every 10 years. They know, uh, they, they, they have addresses, they know how many people are in your home. Uh, of course, they know ethnicity. They have all of the pertinent information, all the information that is needed. Now, I want to stretch this out a little bit, a little bit further. 
I want to go back to to 9-11. And I'm going back to 9-11 for the purpose of, of, of demonstrating how being the other affects, how it affects the other. Now, we lost, what, 3,000, just about 3,000 people in those attacks. And I recall talking about this before, just in terms of the, the breakdown of how many people from whichever group, but the number of Muslims that were, that were killed, whose lives were taken on 9-11, it was basically, it was comparable to the percentage of, uh, our percentage of the population. So that, that not, not even really looking at that, right? That, that's really not the, the main point. Because in times of crisis as a nation, what people tend to do is they tend to come together. They tend to rely on one another. We celebrate together uh, in, in, in times of, of prosperity, but times of crisis and times of, of sadness, these are times where we lean on each other. We, we find out the value of our, our neighbors, right? This is a time where we should, it should pull us together. That's what tragedy should do as a nation. But we've had examples in our past where when things got rough, whether it was unemployment or whether it was attack by a, a foreign entity, where instead of that bringing us together, right, helping us to become more resilient, helping us to see each other's resources, instead we did the exact opposite. Well, I shouldn't say we, right, but um, our legislators, popular sentiment, the exact opposite uh, came, the ex exact opposite, and we turned and we found a group and we said, it's your fault and we're going to put you on the outside. You're not one of us. So after 9-11, Muslims, Muslim, Muslims in America, citizens, they were not afforded the same, the same right to, to publicly grieve and, and remember uh, and be angry to support their neighbor, they were not allowed the same, that same right. They weren't given that same uh, access. That platform wasn't given to them. But instead, Muslims, we were turned into, we were turned into the, into the perpetrator, even though we had suffered loss just like everybody else had suffered loss. But stretch that out and move forward to today, move forward to looking at any act of uh, violence committed by someone uh, who supposedly does it in the name of name of uh, Islam, name of Allah, uh, any misguided individual, you know, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. But each time one of those things happens, we are put further under a microscope. Now, of course, there's another conversation that we could have, right, about the different representations that we have uh, as Muslims. Not represent, but the different, the, the the hyphenated identities, right? We could. What does it mean to be an African American Muslim? What does it mean to be a Latinx Muslim? What does it mean to be an Arab Muslim, South Asian Muslim, right? The, so these all have impact, but nonetheless, the point is really this: if we don't support this type of bill, if we don't support these types of bills that are being presented, then we run the risk of not, number one, not addressing uh, problems that are, that are right in front of us right now, but we also run the risk of ignoring the lessons of the past. And when you do that, you can't be surprised when, when the history, history repeats itself. So that's, that's all I have on that right now. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and we will be back in just a moment. This is Radio Islam. Oh, hi. 
right now, I'm getting a remarkably heartfelt bear hug from Smokey Bear. Thanks, big guy. Now, if you could let me down... Uh, see, I made sure there were no low-hanging branches when I set up my campfire. And before we left, I drowned out my campfire, stirred it, drowned it out again, then made sure it was cold. <laughs> Visit SmokeyBear.com to learn tips to prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In biology, I learned that I'm fat, I'm stupid. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. The only thing I didn't learn in school today is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. We asked kids what it took to be a dad. This is what they had to say. A father is always present. I mean, what, father, what real father figure can you have if they're not there? In order to be a good dad, you need to love, love your son. You need to put gas in your car so you don't break down in the middle of nowhere. And you need to make them breakfast. Yep. I mean, just to maybe um, play, like, a board game with me, or to just stay home and play um, some video games with me. Just to do, like, that one little thing is what I really look forward to. I'm not asking him to be a perfect dad, but he should try. He's just a constant force in my life. There's no other type of love like a dad's love because it's not comparable to anything else. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen. It's not a bad day outside. Tomorrow's going to be even better. So, and in, uh, in advance of the great day we expect tomorrow, for those of us who are going down to Springfield, I think we're looking at 60, I think 60 degrees or so, which is a, which is a good day in comparison to what we've had. Uh, we are... Excuse me, Radio Slam family. I've got a little something caught in my throat. <clears> throat> yes, it's cookie. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're looking forward to getting down to Springfield tomorrow. We're expecting good weather for, uh, for, for those of us who will be traveling down there. And uh, as I mentioned, we are going down for IMAD, Illinois Muslim Action Day. It's his 10th year. And to help us talk about it and talk about some of the, uh, uh, some of the goals that have been set forth, uh, we're going to be bringing on uh, Abdullah Mitchell. He is the executive director of the CLGC uh, shortly. Uh, but before we do that, before we do that, I am interested. And send us a tweet. You can uh, inbox us if you like or whatever. I'd like to know how many, how many of you have participated in IMAD before. And before we bring him on, I have to, I have to just put this out. Uh, we lost... Uh, a real giant, a real giant of, uh, of activism, just a ball of energy, um, not too long ago. And that was uh, Dr. Bambadi Shakur Abdullah. And it is through her, actually, that I became aware of Illinois Muslim Action Day. Um, it's from her that I attended my first one. Well, actually, it was the inaugural one. And have been, I think I may have missed... I think I missed one. I missed one, one or two. So, but but I've I've been able to, to go and I've been able to see what what has meant uh, for our young people in particular uh, to go and to and to and to see our state's capital, to see where laws are being made, and it's a and some of those some of those same same young people from ten years ago uh, are now pursuing. Or actually, or have completed um, uh, uh, law degrees, uh, which is a which is a wonderful tribute to the just the power of exposure. So anyway, all that being said, we're going to go ahead 
and bring on Brother Abdullah Mitchell, the executive director of CIGC. Uh, we've got him on the line now. Assalamu alaikum. Well, alaikum salam. How are you? Oh, alhamdulillah. I'm doing well. I'm doing so. Have, have you made it down to Springfield? Uh, just, uh, <laughs> just got here. Okay. Just got here. All right. And and here and here we come. Uh, getting you on the phone. Hey, well, hey, comes with the territory. <laughs> so yeah. So we've been talking about uh, IMAD and talking a little bit about the uh, uh, some of the legislation. One of the the, the two key key points, uh, SB thirty four eighty eight. Um, but uh, if you would just kind of give a refresher for uh, the Radosan family as to as to what IMAD represents and, and some of the goals of it. Well, um, what IMAD is attempt, uh, attempts to do is to one educate the Muslim community of what civic engagement is. How do we, as citizens of the state of Illinois, become involved in the, the issues that affect all of us as, as, as people who live in Illinois? Mm-hmm. The second is, is hopefully through this education, we have an increasing number of Muslims who decide, are inspired, and get involved, are participating in voter registration drives, are meeting with their legislators, identifying some of the social issues that are confronting our society in whole, and trying to join and partner with other organizations that, too, trying to seek uh, solutions to the problems we face in, uh, as citizens in this state. And the third, uh, I would say, the third uh, prominent purpose of IMAD, or is that, that being Illinois Muslim Action Day, is to provide an educational opportunity for our youth. Mm-hmm. We, uh, alhamdulillah, have been able to, uh, uh, through partners here in Springfield, establish a, uh, uh, a page program. And what, what that is is we get uh, high school seniors and juniors who've been selected out of the community to come down to Springfield on Illinois Muslim Action Day and uh, shadow uh, an Illinois state senator or a state representative so that young uh, uh, Muslim can have a first-hand view of what does it mean to be a legislator? How are laws made in the, the state of Illinois? And, and, and oftentimes it leads to uh, some relationships, long-lasting relationships that they form with some of the other students who also partake in the, uh, in the program. So. Those are some, to say, the broad general objectives of uh, Illinois Muslim uh, Action Day. This, uh, I'd like to inform Radio Islam community, this is our 10th year mm-hmm. in, in doing uh, Illinois Muslim Action Day. And uh, it, like I said, it, it's been a, uh, a rewarding experience for those that participate in, in, this, pro- in this program. You know what? Um, in the first part of the uh, program, we talked about the the importance of, uh, well, both pieces of, of proposed legislation, uh, the one which is dealing uh, with the uh, Gun Dealer Licensing Act, uh, and the second, which is the uh, Anti-Registry Program Act. Uh, talk, would, would you speak to, to, to both of those and the importance of, of both of those? All right. Um, the first uh, bill that I would, uh, that you, you mentioned is the uh, Anti-Registry uh, Program Act. Now, what are, what are we really talking about when we say registry? I would ask your audience, and for those that are too young, they need to pull out their history books. Go back during World War II here in the United States and write the hysteria that existed about Japanese Americans before Pearl Harbor and right after Pearl Harbor. What happened is that, uh, uh, that fear and ignorance led to a drive among legislators uh, in, in, in the federal government to say, we need to identify. I mean, there was a, the proper saying that, that if someone had one sixteenth drop of blood, Japanese blood, then they were enemy of the country. So what did they do? They registered these citizens. These are American citizens, many of them born in the United States. And what happened to them? They were identified, and then they were, in quotation, interned. Now, uh, and... Many of them lost their property that they had acquired over the years. Families lost their, their, their wealth entirely. So now, 
why is this so relevant now here? This is uh, calendar year 2018, um, some uh, 70, 80 years later. Well, the reason that that's relevant is if we will recall back to the rhetoric that we saw during the uh, uh, federal, the national election uh, uh, campaign, Muslims uh, were referred to as being enemies of the United States. Islam was against the principles of the United States. We have many states that are enacting what they're calling anti-Sharia laws. Right. But once again, out of ignorance and fear... So if we, this is our attempt as a community to be proactive. We, this, we don't want history to repeat itself. We want to put this barrier for that kind of, uh, uh, that kind of action being taken against not only the Muslim community, but any community. The thrust of the bill focuses it on that there should be no registry created created, maintain, or operate within the state of Illinois by any uh, subordinate government agency that is created for uh, the primary purpose of it being to register someone based on race, religion, ethnicity, or gender. You know what else, those Brother Abdullah? Are in, we feel those are impermissible categories to, to collect data on uh, uh, groups of people, which we Uh, fear can then be used to take the next step that our our fellow Japanese Americans experienced and then being identified and then subsequently interned uh, in or what I would say imprisoned uh, in uh, Western the Western United States. You know what, Brother Abdullah, what I found also uh, very telling was the 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 uh, interagency support for that internment that took place. Uh, that was not known about uh, just as I was doing a little bit of, uh, of reading myself and saw that the United States Census Bureau, that they assisted, they assisted, they gave information that only they would have uh, to facilitate the internment of that um, over 100,000 Japanese American, um, uh, Japanese Americans uh, after or during World War II. So uh, this bill, it also addresses it addresses that that key point of of not allowing information to be uh, passed along uh, in, a, in the attempt to create a registry. Isn't that also correct? No question, and that's part of the one of the issues now with the the uh, current uh, uh, proposals to the census that's going to take place uh, uh, 2020. So these are these are steps that need to be uh, 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 opposed, not to let go. Uh, uh, to, uh, for us as a community to ignore, because uh, we could very likely become victims in, in in this kind of process. And based, and we already see in the United States, there's a lot of ignorance about Islam. People have misconceptions. They have perceived fears when there is no threat whatsoever. So we cannot pretend like this is not a risk, uh, a real risk. And we should, uh, as a community, band together, address it. Right. Now, right. Uh, I, if I can share a treat with your audience, also with me uh, today is the uh, chairperson for the Illinois Muslim Action Day uh, Committee, uh, Mr. Ershad Khan, and he could give you a little background about the, the why we as a community are supporting the gun uh, licensing, gun dealer licensing act here. Let me inter- have him introduce himself to your audience. Awesome. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam, brother Ashad. How are you? Alhamdulillah. Um, so thank you for having us. Uh, it it is uh, uh, it is our pleasure uh, to be on and and sharing this uh, event with your listener. As you know, um, uh, Islamic uh, Muslim Action Day Illinois. I met. Uh, uh, it started 2009. I just want to give a little history of. Uh, of this, I'm sure you already shared with your listener. But uh, 2009, this has initiated as a as a as a meaningful way for Muslim community to come together and share our legislative agenda. Uh, last year, uh, you know, with with the help and participation from uh, the legislators and the community, we were able to get a couple of these bills passed. The, if you remember the religious grab bill, yes, uh, come back. 
combating the hate crimes, ensuring the uh, police accountability and the faith-based violence prevention. These were bills were presented. Uh, we supported it, and it was uh, subsequently uh, signed in law by Governor Rahner. Uh, so these, this year, we're, we're taking these bills, as you, as you just heard uh, from Brother Abdullah Mitchell, uh, that's one of the bills that we're supporting at Anti-Registry uh, Program Act, along with the other bills as well. Right. Can you speak a little bit about the, so yeah, we've we talked a little bit about the, about the Anti-Registry uh, Act. Uh, what about the, the Gun Dealer, Dealer Licensing Act? Um, what, what, are, what, are, what brought that up as a key point to bring, uh, to put legislation together? Yeah, I, as, as, as you know, the incident happened in Parkland, and our heart uh, goes to those families who are suffering and ho- those families that who lost their loved one, and our hearts and, and prayers are with them. Uh, based on that, and we have seen how the gun violence has become uh, a norm, and, and especially in Chicago um, uh, cities and other areas as well. So these are the two bills uh, that this year that we have been uh, supporting is uh, uh, regarding the gun violence. Uh, the the bill number 1657, Senate Bill 1657, um, which was approved uh, in the House and and the Senate, and then also the another bill that we are supporting is uh, the the licensing age, the criminal law of assault rifle licensing age uh, age limit. So these were the two that we're supporting based on the partnership that we have. Uh, with our other partners who are supporting this bill, and we are here to support them in 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 raising the awareness uh, for these gun uh, gun violence and gun control uh, bills, uh, SB 1657, and uh, and then also the the other um, uh, other bill as well for um, uh, for the licensing age. Okay, uh, brother Arshad, can you walk us through for those who will not be in attendance? Um, can you walk us through what tomorrow is going to look like? Uh, sure. I can share with the with your listeners uh, uh, what we're going to do in the morning. Uh, we will have a breakfast meet and greet, and we will have uh, welcoming remarks, and we will introduce uh, the program of IMAD uh, to our, uh, our attendees. Uh, this is an opportunity that we feel as a Muslim community, collaborating efforts, uh, you know, uh, and then building building a civic and a faith-based platform for all the communities to come together and present as one voice in uh, IMAT uh, 2018. And so we'll start with that program at 8 a.m. Uh, with, with a breakfast with the senators and legislators. And then at uh, 11 o'clock, we have a press conference. And, at, uh, and, and then also we have a meeting one-on-one with the, with the senators and legislators. And also at 2 o'clock, there is the bill that uh, Brother Abdullah Mitchell talked about, the, uh, the anti-registry bill 3488. Uh, there will be a Senate hearing, uh, a committee, executive committee hearing, and we will be participating in, and showing our support for that. And that will be at 2 o'clock. Okay. Uh, so that will close the day out? That will close the day out with some individual meetings with other senators and legislators and representatives. Okay. Uh, and one more question. How can uh, the Radio Islam family, how can they uh, get more information about this particular, because this is a committee of the CIOGC, correct? That's correct. So, how, so this, uh, go right ahead. This is, this is a committee of CIOGC, which is engaging in the civic activities. So um, most of this information is available on the CIOGC website under IMAD. So if you go on CIGC website, uh, www.cigc.org uh, backslash IMAD, and you will see all this information along with the timelines, uh, the schedule for, for tomorrow, and all the details uh, and the bills that we're sponsoring, all that, uh, the fact sheets are available on the website. Okay. Well, that sounds great. And uh, inshallah, I look forward to seeing uh, both of you and everyone else in attendance tomorrow. I'll be driving down tomorrow morning. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to a productive day. We, we look forward to having you, and, and I also humbly urge all the listeners uh, who are near Springfield or in Chicagoland area, this is uh, a 10th annual 
IMAD Day, and it's a proud day for for Illinois Muslims, and we all should gather together and to show our support. So uh, I humbly urge everyone uh, to to uh, please do come and attend, and this will be an, an amazing and an action-packed day tomorrow. Well, thank you so much. Give give my salams to uh, Brother Abdullah, and I like, like I said, I look forward to seeing you all tomorrow. Can I add one thing to the, oh, there you to are. the I, remarks made? Okay. <clears throat> and for those members of the audience who, who cannot join, come mm-hmm. to Springfield tomorrow, they still there's a way for them to show their support. If they would go to the Illinois General Assembly website, that's IllinoisGeneralAssembly.gov, uh, 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 our bill number is 3488. There's this one tab called Witness Slips. Witness slips is an electronic way for members to show support. All they would have to do is uh, select the button. They're a proponent. They would register, put their name in, who they are, and that they are uh, uh, supporting this particular bill. Because this is another way that we as a community can demonstrate to not only to this executive committee, to the Senate, to, the, to the, all the legislators here in Illinois, that this is important legislation for uh, our community. So I would encourage them to do that if they would. And I'll tell you what, Brother Abdullah, I'm going to go ahead and I will put that link for the witness slip on uh, our radio, on our Facebook page. And we'll also tweet that out. So uh, Radio Sound Family, you you can go right to our Facebook page. It'll be up in about, uh, in, in a few minutes, it should be up. And you can just go ahead and click on it right there and show your support. We appreciate that very much. Uh, uh, well, it's it's the least it's the least we can do. Uh, a, a click is easy. So uh, that being said, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with us, you and Brother Urshad, and uh, inshallah, I'll be seeing you all tomorrow. Inshallah. Thank inshallah. you. All Thank right. you. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Wa All right, Radio Islam family, this is the fastest hour in radio. I think that should be our tag. That's 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 our motto right there. You've been th- we'll think about it. We'll kick it around. Fastest hour in radio. All right. Um, just just remember, uh, we can't overstress this. If you don't know the history, you can't be surprised when it comes back, you know, to, to bury you. You can't be surprised when the same things happen over and over. This is this is nothing new. So um, let's let's just act like we know. Let's act like we know. So anybody, uh, all those who are going to be traveling uh, to Springfield tomorrow, uh, pray for your safe journey and your return, uh, mine as well. Uh, we want to go ahead and thank our engineer over at WCEV, Ramon. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, we want to thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Beg. Uh, I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. Uh, we remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and are to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision, Inc., Uh, And with that, we're going to pray that everyone has a great evening. Look forward to talking to you all again Thursday because we'll be in Springfield tomorrow. And uh, I guess we leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.